Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. Hey, Justin Monk here with the Money Maven Project podcast. Super stoked for our episode tonight. We're here with Alec Lebec, right? I say that last name right, correct, Lebec? Uh, we are here with him. I am super excited to hear his story. Um, we've chatted just a little bit about kind of what he's been up to and kind of some of the things that he's learned along the way. So I'm super excited to get the details on that. Um, Alec is a 25-year-old real estate entrepreneur and real estate agent and wholesaler out of Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's nice and hot down there right now. Uh, so we're going to talk about your kind of your climb, your ascent in, in your career, uh, what you've learned about building systems. Uh, sounds like you've had some failed partnerships that you've learned some lessons from and then uh, rebuilding uh, your brand and business after that. So that's awesome, man. So talk to us. Let's start out where I like to start with everybody. Uh, start out, you know, what got you into real estate and how did you make that transition into real estate? Sure. So first and foremost, I appreciate the end right on here. This is awesome. Um, so a little bit about how I got started. So I kind of feel like my whole life has conditioned me for uh, getting into this industry. Um, you know, my parents, they met as real estate agents back in the 90s. That's how I was bred. Um, and, uh, you know, as I was growing up, my mom, she always talked to, to me about the power of real estate and how you know, if you get buy your first house and rent out three of your rooms to some, some buddies and have them pay your mortgage. You're, you're getting a free house and you know, all, all these things. Um, and, uh, after I moved out to Phoenix, uh, I had some friends that were about my age in the food and beverage industry, which is where I was before I got into real estate. Yeah. Um, they transitioned into real estate, you know, between 22 and 25. Um, and at, up until that point, I really didn't know that it was possible, you know, to become a real estate agent. Because when you think of real estate agents, most people think of, you know, 40 to 80 year olds that are out there, you know, hustling still. Um, and I, I soon found that really wasn't true. Um, and not to get like morbid or anything. I'm just kind of prefacing that it's, it's all good. Um, so my mom, she passed a couple years ago. And, yeah. Uh, I wasn't really happy in food and beverage. I was, I was managing a restaurant in Old Town Scottsdale and it was just, it, I, I just realized how unhappy I was doing that. And I had been thinking about getting back or you know, getting into real estate for a long time. I never pulled the trigger. And uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, she said, you, you keep talking about this. Why, why don't you go and do this? Like you can do this, just go and do it. And so I did, um, I went and got my license and, uh, actually it was funny the week after I, uh, signed up for real estate classes, I got fired from my job. I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh shit. This, this <laughs> but I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go find another job. I'm going to figure this out. So I ended up getting my license in about, I think five weeks total. Uh, and I interviewed with a bunch of different brokerages and, something about stunning homes realty stuck out to me and i, I don't know why um, i had a friend one of those ones that got into 
real estate that kind of inspired me too. He was at Sunny Homes and uh, he introduced me to them. And I kept thinking, I was like, it's farther away from my house than any of these other brokerages. Why do I want to go there so bad? Well, I was there for a couple months, figured out what it was. It was some sort of calling. Um, you know, I was surrounded by agents that were doing wholesaling and you know flipping and yeah. they owned rental properties and all that. And I was like, okay, this some, I'm onto something here. So uh, Max Jimenez, he he's in he was in the office a lot because he's partnered with Steve Trang, and uh, he would always be talking about his deals and. So I listened and, you know, he taught me a little bit about it. Um, and so I took a leap of faith. I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. You know, I, there's a lot of people around here that know what they're doing. I'll just see if they'll help me out and figure it out from there. So yeah. I was a broke agent at the time, you know, spent a lot of my savings and, you know, what does anybody do that? They, they have an idea of what they want to do, but they don't have all the money to do it right then, which I actually did, I found out, but I didn't think I did. I had that limiting belief. Yeah. So I, I had this older guy that he had done some real estate investing and he liked what I had to say. And he's like, yeah, look, let's partner on it. I was like, okay. So we partnered up, you know, and I started doing marketing and I was trying to get him to you know fund everything so I could blow this thing up and he uh he just wasn't giving me the time or the, the money that i needed and mm -hmm. nothing bad to say about the guy him and i are still great friends to this day it just it didn't work out so one of my uh my friends from college he and i decided that we were going to partner up so we went down that path and uh you know we had a fair amount of success and we'll get into the the rest of this story a little bit later but uh you know, we, we ended up just not really vibing that well. And we split up a couple months ago. So where I'm at now is I just rebranded and rebuilt my business, starting to rebuild my team slowly uh, in a way that I see fit for how I want to have things. Um, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later about you know, defining your own kind of success. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah, I love that. So, so you're mostly, mostly wholesaling, right? Mm -hmm. um, wholesaling then obviously you're a real estate agent so you're, you are you are you selling some houses also just to normal buyers or is it strictly wholesaling right now sure so um, I I will work with buyers still I, I prefer to work with sellers just because yeah. that's the nature of what wholesaling is it's working yeah. directly with homeowners yeah uh, so through our marketing I just picked up listings so I have one that'll be coming to the market next week but my primary focus right now is building out a nice lean team for, for wholesaling. And then I might, I dip back into traditional. It's just, it's all work right now. Yeah. In yeah. In the building, in the building phase right now. So, so for those that don't know, maybe define what wholesaling is because there may be some listeners that don't know what it is and, and how, you know, how you make money in that. And then, for those that maybe are looking to jump into wholesaling, because I've learned that that can be a very good place to start for a lot of people, build up some cash, or then they can start flipping or uh, buying and holding, or maybe multifamily, like whatever it is they want to go to. But so yeah, talk to us about what it is and then kind of how somebody might get started in that. Sure. So um, basically what wholesaling is, is you're finding uh, distressed property owners or motivated sellers that for some reason they, 
have a house that needs repairs and they don't have the money to fix it up, they have a specific time frame to sell or they need to pull their equity out of their house instantly and they just don't have the means to be able to wait and do it on the market. So you work directly with them. Basically you sign it up as a buyer or you know, sometimes you will take, take it down and buy it and wholetail it, which we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but you, you get the contract, you open up escrow, and then what you do is you assign. So you take your rights in the contract and replace yourself with an end buyer that's going to take it and flip it, live in it, or keep it as a rental. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. So you're tying up the property, basically getting it in contract, but there's, but there, but you're basically going and finding a different buyer that will then basically replace you or, or take on that contract with the seller. Um, yep. And you're obviously, there's some markup or margin there that your, your fee or whatever you want to call it. And that's where, that's where a wholesaler makes his money, right? Exactly. So yeah, you're, you're assigning your rights and uh, you're basically selling the contract as well. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Now, now you've got to be, I mean, I don't know what the market's like down there, Scottsdale, but I'm sure that you, it's competitive. I'm sure there's a lot of flippers. I'm sure there's, I'm sure it's fairly bloody down there. Like, how are you, how are you succeeding? What's your secret to, to compete with some of the maybe big players out there? And cause it's a hot market. So what are you doing to, to compete? Sure. So, I mean, most people right now, they're cold calling and texting or they're doing direct mail or online advertising. Um, and that's great. You can, you can get as many leads as you want, but if you can't close the deal, what's the point of getting the leads and the contracts? So something that I did before I even really got deep into wholesaling is I hired a sales coach. Um, I get trained by a uh, Sandler. So, um, in that it just kind of teaches you how to do consultative selling and, uh, you know, psychological selling. Um, so with that, I have, you know, some of the big players are in there with me, Steve, Steve Train, Max Menes, Pace, a lot of the Homevestors guys, they're all in there. So um, really it's just understanding how to, you know, talk to sellers and figure out, you know, extract their issues and figure out if you have a solution for them or if you don't, point them in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying you're, you know, every is pretty competitive getting, getting those leads, but your ability to close the deal, which is so cool, but it's such an interesting spin, right? You're the buyer essentially, but you're having to sell the seller on you buying the property. So it's kind of a reverse role in the sales, normal sales conversation, but sales skills can be still, still be super valuable to you um, in that, in that role. And that's, that's uh, can be your secret to success or what you're, what your skill set is to, to outperform or outdo other people, other, other investors. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it doesn't always work. I mean, one guy might have better rapport. They have a higher offer or they can do something that I can't, or maybe I didn't figure out what exactly they needed. That was not monetary such as maybe they needed help with moving and then the other guy bought a moving truck. It's, it's finding those little small minute details um, and being able to package that for them, that you add enough value there that they don't need retail. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, and so are you finding your, your leads through the traditional methods or are you doing more of your just personal networking kind of pocket deals or what are you finding? Sure. So, um, most of my deals have come through texting. Um, texting is, it's a great way to find them right now. It's just gotten so saturated because it's such a cheap method. 
Um, yeah. But it's, it, it's had like a lot of diminishing returns there. So in the beginning, that's how I got all my deals. I made uh, oodles and oodles of money just by texting. I wasn't even cold calling at that point. Um, now we've you know pivoted and we're doing that, but we're also cold calling. Um, I had a big team cold callers in the Philippines and, and Colombia and um, that worked. But um, right now I, I have some things that I'm not ready to fully talk about yet, but I'm, I've got some exciting things that I'm working on. So just trying to build it as lean and mean as I possibly can. That's cool. That's cool. Well, we're, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep posted on, uh, on your updates there. So, um, all right. So you're, you've got this process, you're closing leads, you're closing deals, you're wholesaling them. And now, and you're currently kind of rebuilding. You had this, uh, you separated with the other uh, partner rebuilding this. Um, and I find my, I'm kind of in a similar situation. I'm, I'm building kind of transitioning from more, I traditionally use the Burr method, buy and hold. Um, it's kind of been my strategy so far. Um, and now looking to transfer to, to move into multifamily deals, syndicating some multi, larger multifamily stuff, which down the road, right. Or, or well, as soon as possible. Right. But so I feel like I'm in this stage where like, I am just building, right. And if everything's an expense, there not, not a lot of return on my investment of time and money yet. And so it can be super discouraging, which I bet you're probably going through some of that right now. How for, for a listener that's in a similar situation, right? They're anxious to get to a certain point in their investing career and they're building, they're making the investments of teams and uh, you know, they're paying the marketing fees for the tech systems and things like that. How, how do you, what do you, what do you do to just keep plugging along and stay motivated to get through that stage of, of building a business? Sure. So I love that. So there's two things there. It's, it's persistency and it's consistency. Um, persistency. I mean, you've got to push through it and you've got to have a strong enough reason to push the, through that because it's going to get tough. I mean, real estate, it's not a get rich quick scheme, no matter how much these big gurus want to convince you that it is. It's, it's not real estate is a very long sales cycle, typically, especially in traditional real estate, or if you're flipping houses or, getting into multifamily wholesaling, it's still a long sales cycle. So you got to have, you know, the persistence to push through and where that comes from is having a strong enough why, a strong enough reason for why you're doing things. Um, because otherwise you're going to get there and your feelings are going to completely stop you and you're not going to push through. Um, and, and it's, you know, the other thing that I said is consistency. It's consistently doing the things, even if you don't want to, that are going to push the needle. A lot of us as entrepreneurs, especially in the beginning, we'll get into, you know, building up this project and during the most productive hours where what we call the money-making hours, we're doing stupid things like checking email or like, I don't know, building out your Trello or something stupid like that. When really what you should be doing is pounding the phones or texting or whatever your type of marketing that you do. Um, so consistently doing the things, even when you don't want to, to, to push the needle forward versus, you know, cowarding out and going to something that's a lot easier, like checking your email. I mean, I do it, but I, I try and pivot myself back and say, okay, you need to get back on track because checking your email or checking Facebook, it's not going to make you money. This is what's going to make you money. So yeah. do that. And then at night after 7 PM, when 
I shouldn't be calling anymore. I shouldn't be texting anymore. That's when I'm going to do the rest of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So consistency and persistency. I love that. Cause you know, everybody always talks about, they, 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 I think they oversimplify it and just say, Hey, I've just got to be motivated. You know, I've got to, I've got to, something needs to motivate me. So I need to be motivated to accomplish anything, which yes, that's nice. But that's, I think what can separate a lot of the people that succeed and get their goals um, is that they are still consistent on the days that they're not feeling motivated, right? Like you're, you're powering through even those days that are tough, that you're not feeling like doing a certain thing, whatever that task may be. Um, that's, I think, what can separate people from those that achieve and those that don't is that ability to, even when it sucks, to still be persistent and consistently doing the right things at the right time. I think that's what can separate a lot of, a lot of people, those that achieve and those that struggle to get their goals. So, so kind of going off of that, and I love that because it's, it's exactly right. So I, I do something called morning priming, which we'll come back into, but um, you have to be in a peak state to, to do those type of things. So I'm a big Tony Robbins guy, um, Les Brown, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. something Tony Robbins talks about is getting into a peak state when you're about to do something like that, whatever that ritual is for you. For me, sometimes it's I have this pump-up song by Wiz Khalifa and I listen to that on full blast and then I'm like, okay, I do some breathing exercises, maybe some jumping jacks if I'm really feeling not very energetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but doing something to interrupt your pattern so that you go from, okay, I don't really want to do this, interrupting your pattern fully and then getting into a peak state where you feel like you have the power to do that. You gotta, you gotta build up that within you. Um, but there's another speaker, her name is Mel Robbins. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she, yeah. she talks about how motivation is crap. Cause if you're always feeling, you're always waiting for the feeling to come, you're going to be waiting forever to, to take the action. It's about taking the action first. And then after that, the feeling will come because you're going to feel proud of yourself that you have the discipline to push yourself through when you don't feel like it. That's perfect. I love that. And I think that's the mis that's the misconception with that word motivation. And I wish I could remember it, but I think it's, um, I think it's Jocko Wilnick that talks about the, the true definition of motivation. We, I don't have time to look it up right now, but it's, it's more of a something that's coming from, from within rather than from external for, uh, sources, right? A lot of times we're looking for, you know, somebody or something to motivate us when it really needs to come. It's something that we do. It's yep. mentally a shift. I, I love how you say that, get into a, a what do you call it, a peak state, interrupt the thinking pattern that you might be in at that time. Something jars you loose out of that rut or that, that thinking state that you're in. And then you can start breathing exercises, music, reading, watching a Tony Robbins video or a Grant Cardone video to get the juices flowing and create again, I don't even like to call it motivation. It's more, it's momentum, it's energy. It's the ability to persist and, cons- and consistently go through whatever it is what you're, you're trying to do. And I mean, I, so in, in my, my full-time gig, real estate still part-time for me, but full-time gig, I manage a, a team of sales reps in the solar industry. Sweet. And I'm, it's all, it's always a battle of like, okay, do I need to put these incentives out there to motivate the team? Or do they kind of, do they need to be motivated themselves and looking for their own source of motivation? Cause sometimes, I mean, I can put 
whatever, a thousand dollar incentive out there, you know, and it may or may not work. Ultimately it's something that's going to come from them, um, how they manage their mind and their, their ability to, to push through. So I love that. I love that, that way of thinking about it. Yeah. And I mean, something for you, this might help is take them through like a goal setting exercise, figure out like what drives them. Um, because maybe they're not money motivated. Maybe they have something else that's motivating, which if you're in sales, I can't see why you're not money motivated, but everyone's got their quirks. Yeah. So yeah, um, no, yeah, that's, that's great advice. And, and in fact, in the, over the last couple of years, we've, we've done a lot more of that. Uh, instead of just a sales meeting where we, we, you know, a hoorah meeting, um, and studying sales skills, but it's more, we, we often, if not once a month, it's at least once a quarter where we're reviewing, we're letting them review their goals, write down their goals. We're walking through a goal setting strategy. Um, I'm a big fan. I don't have the book up there now, but I usually have the 10 X rule right there behind me. I'm a big fan of the 10 X rule and that mentality of setting stupid big goals and to increase your level of creativity and increase your level of action and thinking. Um, and so we've done a lot of that and it's been been super helpful. We have an awesome team. I think their mindsets are all way better than what I've seen in the past with other team members. It's been, it's been really powerful to just shift that, to get, find out what can, again, motivate them that, that whether their goals are it or whatever it is, but it's been super rewarding to focus more on that. I don't know if you guys would, would have time for this or not, but, um, my sales coach, Brad, he's doing a goal setting exercise next Friday. You guys could do it virtually. Um, I can ask him if, if you guys could hop on there and, uh, you know, maybe you guys could go through it. It's, it's unlike any other type of goal setting exercise I've ever done. That'd so, be, I'd be, I'd be interested personally to check, to check it out for sure. Cool. Yeah. Have him reach out to me. Cool. Cool, man. All right. So you've done, so, so we've talked about that persistency, that consistency, Talk to us more about some of the lessons learned from the, the broken up partnerships and relationships there. Sure. So you got to be on the same page. <laughs> you got to be on the same page of what you want, um, A, from the partnership, and B, from the business, and C, for your life. Granted, everyone's going to have a different life story of what they want out of it. But for my first partner, he was already established. He has, you know, well-run businesses, manufacturing and all that. He really didn't need the money. So it was just kind of like a hobby for him. So we weren't really on the same page because I'm, I'm young, I'm driven, I'm trying to get my life set up for my future family. He's already got a family. He's already right. got his own businesses. Um, so, so that would be the, fir- the first thing. And the second is, I mean, for, for the second one, it was just our vibes were completely off. I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. He's a little bit more short-sighted. He, he has to see results right now, um, at least from, from what I could see. I could be totally wrong. So if he watches this, I hope he's not pissed. But um, for, for us, it was just our, our vibes were off. Um, I'm very focused on personal development. and I'm always trying to force that down people's throats, and he wasn't as receptive to that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we just had some differences that we really couldn't see eye to eye and we had to go our separate ways. And yeah. so I've, I've learned that uh, separating partnerships is a real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, no, not, it doesn't sound like any fun at all. Um, honestly, and, and I've, I've, I've avoided taking on any partners uh, for that very reason. Um, I, I know that, I know that it's a super good way to grow, especially if the partner is, is a little further advanced, um, you know, a little more established, a little more, a little more down the road. He can kind of pull you along, help you get there. I mean, I, I know there's some good, there's some good perks to it, but I've, I've always been scared of that, that issue of having those bad relationships and, and breakups like that. So yeah, good lessons learned. I mean, it's good to be on the same page as far as goals. And then there's certain mindsets that just don't, I mean, if you're in a growth mindset and he's not in the growth mindset, that's going to be a problem. That's right. going to be an issue for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, my, my biggest takeaway is I'm not doing partnerships. <laughs> Isn't it Dave Ramsey that says something like, a partnership is the only ship that doesn't sail or something like that. The only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Yeah, I, I think it was him. I've I think it is Dave Ramsey. Now we know that there are partnerships that, out there that have been successful, but, uh, but it can be, it can be it, it, very difficult sometimes. So the right partner, I'm, I'm sure it would work. Yeah. You know, a partner that it, it does work for the time being, it'll work for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So what else, what other, what other tips would you give to somebody that's trying to get into real estate, you know, and that doesn't, doesn't even have to be wholesaling in particular, but just wants to get into real estate investing and they don't know the first step to take. What would you give them as their, your, their first few steps to get started? Sure. Um, I would say, I mean, YouTube university is a great place to start. Um, I got started doing all that reading books that's a great way to learn about it. If you're so inclined, go take real estate classes. Um, you don't have to take the, the exams and get licensed, but if you just want the basic knowledge, it's a quick 500 bucks, you know, or whatever it is in your state, and you could go through the, through the course. Um, that was very valuable for me. I, I don't think that I would have gotten to where I'm at wholesaling without it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I would have figured it out, but it definitely shortened my learning curve. Um, I, I think working under a mentor is a really, really good idea as well. I worked on a team uh, as an agent and I learned a ton. Um, so, and, and I, I think hiring a mentor as soon as you can, uh, even if you feel like it might be a little bit of a stretch, but if you're spending your last dollar to hire a mentor, probably not the best fit. Maybe stay at YouTube University, network squad up. Talk, talk to somebody that knows what they're doing and say, hey, if I go out there and I find this deal and I bring it to you, can we JV on this deal and you teach me how to do this? I think that would be the best way to get free paid mentorship. It's just JVing with somebody and learning the process. I love that. Um, did you, were you, did you pay the first, no, you just had, you were just working underneath what you were just working underneath uh, another agent at that initial brokerage, right? That was kind of your first mentorship. Wasn't paid, just kind of tutoring there, right? That was the first kind of learning experience. Yeah. And, and since then I've had, I, I don't know, four or five paid mentors. So it's in that, I mean, that's helped me, you know, fine tune my business quite a bit. That's impressive, man. That's, that's a huge investment in yourself. And a lot of people, they struggle with that. Um, and I, even I did initially, I, I, I'm like, I was the kind of guy I'm like, dude, I, I can do this. I can do this on my own. Like I can go to YouTube university. I'll figure it out and I'll do it. And I, 
as far as getting into uh, single family homes, rent, you know, doing the Burr method, uh, I did, you know, I, I learned from a few people just on YouTube, Instagram, wherever, read a lot of books and I did it. But looking back, I bet I could have, instead of taking two years, it probably would have taken me six months to do it. If I would have had a mentor speed, you know, holding me accountable to progress each day, each week and to, um, just, just hold my hand a little bit to make sure I didn't make any dumb mistakes. I totally lost money on my first deal and, 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 and it was a total disaster. Um, learned a lot, but I probably could have learned all those lessons or avoided all those lessons, uh, with a mentor. So I'm, I'm warming up to that idea. I think it's super, it's a super good idea. Find a mentor that's, that you can relate with that's that's got a good rapport and, and good reviews, I guess, if they do that for mentors. But um, I think it'll expedite your your learning process and shave months, if not years, off of getting into it. Now, with that being said, like you said earlier, real estate investing is a get rich, it's not a get rich quick plan. It's just not. It's still gonna take time, but let's take as much time out of it as we can by using mentors. I, I, I agree with that. That's awesome. And it's, it's, it's also finding the right mentor too. I mean, you've got to find somebody that you can relate to on a business level, but also on a personal. I mean, if, if somebody has a very successful business, but their home life or something else in their life sucks, maybe they're, you know, a fat slob, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, and, and you don't resonate with that. Maybe you're somebody that it works out very hard and that's something you're very passionate about. You might not be as receptive to somebody that, you know, is not very disciplined with their diet and all that. Cause that kind of shows a little bit about their discipline in the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if, if they're a terrible dad and you want to be an amazing dad, you might not resonate with that well because your values don't line up. So it's, yeah. I wouldn't say that you should, hire the first mentor off the street you should talk to a couple of them and figure out okay i like what you have going on i like what you have going on with your business but also your personal life because yeah. you don't want to just hire somebody for their business because their life might be completely off balance and you want to learn how to balance your life which yeah. is another topic we'll be talking about yeah that's perfect uh i think that's that's great advice um so, so jumping into real estate, YouTube university, find a mentor, um, learn that way. Um, there is so much free content out there, free educational content about real estate investment. I mean, there's so many people out there sharing their stories and, and there's so many books that you can dive into to get your foundation built. So you can at least talk with a mentor and you're, you know, you know what you're talking about. That's, that's perfect. Um, and, and it's just, it's just so much out there. One thing that I got, I got a little bit sidetracked with early on was, was trying to, I would see these people that maybe wrote a book or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's my path. That's how I'm going to do it. And you have to be careful with that because everybody's starting at a different place. We all have different meet different resources as far as money and time. And it, everybody is very unique in that. So be careful to not uh, try and mirror somebody else's journey exactly because it won't be that way. You've got to learn from everybody, and then you're going to plot your path and you're going to plan. You're going to you're going to live your plan, which will be different than anybody else's. And I had an aha moment about that. I'm like, no, this like I want to go. They went here, and I don't want to go exactly there. I want to end up here, so I've got to take a little bit different path. I've got a different schedule, right? I've got I've still got a full time job. 
I've got different goals and ultimately of where I want to be. And none of nobody has the same desires or my same goals, nobody. And right. so my path is going to be different. And so be careful not to get so sidetracked into, okay, he did that. I got to follow that exact same path. Yeah. It's, it's the orange juice concentrate uh, theory. Basically you, you learn the concentrated material from them. And then based on your life experiences and your situation, you dilute that down to create your own orange juice. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. That's awesome, man. Okay. So um, let's, uh, we had talked or we would mentioned a little bit about, um, well, first off, any, you're currently in the phase of building a business, rebuilding a brand, um, building teams. Give us some advice about, you know, building teams and systems to support your, your company and your goals. Sure. So first and foremost, I mean, you got to define what success looks like to you. You can't, look at these huge gurus on Instagram or Facebook or wherever they are, YouTube, and model them just because they're successful and think that that's the only model of success because it's not. Um, and, and that was something that I did in the beginning. Um, you know, I wanted this huge operation with 10 cold calling VAs, five acquisition managers, a dispo manager, a transaction coordinator, know and an office manager I wanted all this stuff but if you you know and, and maybe that's what you want maybe you want this big operation for for whatever that is you know in in your mindset that that means success to you but I mean for me I'm 25 I'm single I, I don't have really any obligations in my life I have a dog I don't have a girlfriend I don't have you know kids to take care of for me, it's like, okay, if I go do X amount of deals every single month that produces me X amount of dollars and I, and I have this much that I want to live my dream life and all the rest is just pure profit and extra and I can take that and grow that into other brands and other businesses and other things, that's, that's amazing to me. So I used to want to net or gross $125,000 a month. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I've shrank that goal in half. Now that A, I don't have a partner, but B, because if, if I'm going and I'm making $125,000, but I'm only really keeping like 15,000 personally, why don't I just go do something on a smaller scale with less people and less responsibilities and net the exact same or more? Why, why do I need all that excess overhead? And that was something that I went through with my previous business is that I wanted all these people and we had all these people and all these VAs and all this other stuff. And it was just all these expenses and all these subscriptions. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I'm spending in two months what most people make in a year. What the hell am I doing? And I'm not taking home anything. What am I yeah. doing? So yeah. I think the first thing is figuring out what, your dream lifestyle looks like. Like me, I have an Excel sheet that breaks down everything that I want in my life. New car, new house. I want massages weekly. I want this. I want that. I want to be able to take care of my dog this way. I want this in savings. I want this for travel expenses. So figure out what that monthly nut is first and then go and figure out how you get there. So I think that's step one. Um, like for me, I don't want this huge operation anymore. I discovered that I want a very lean and mean operation 
with hardly any overhead except for marketing and um, maybe one VA to take care of all the things that I don't want, one assistant, and that's it. Like I don't, I don't want all that stuff. Yeah. So step one to find what your own success is. Um, and, and once you do start getting deals, make sure that you lay your infrastructure first. You know, uh, a building without a foundation is going to tip over. And that's what happened with me. I, I went, I had a bunch of deals and I was like, okay, let's scale, let's do this. But I hadn't taken any time to build what that infrastructure looks like to support that many people. I didn't have all the things in the right places, um, you know, communication systems built out, project management systems built out. I barely had a good CRM for them to use. So I think building a well-oiled machine first that you can run on your own or maybe with one other person first is your best bet. Don't, don't go and hire and then just be like, okay, we're going to figure it out on the way up because you're going to build a top heavy building that's going to crash. So I, I think that would be step two is figuring out what kind of systems and infrastructure you need for yeah. you know, hiring and creating a hiring process and, you know, modeling that for every time that you hire for each position, create a packet, create, you know, a, a Google drive uh, folder with all this stuff in it. Um, make sure that you have all the materials for them. Um, because once you start going through a bunch of employees and you're rehiring and firing and people are quitting and you have to constantly re-engineer this wheel, you're wasting so much time and you're looking extremely unprofessional to your employees and again, house of cards. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I think having that kind of infrastructure and then SOPs or standard operating procedures, um, something that I started doing is I, I don't have it anymore. I'd probably build up another one, but um, maybe getting like a teachable account and for each of your positions, create a different lesson. So, okay. So when you start, this is what you're going to do. Here's your logins. Here's this, here's that, here's, how to do this. Okay. You want to write a contract. This is how you do it. This is where you find it. So if you got a Mac, which I, I don't know what else you would use on a windows cause I don't have one, but uh, QuickTime, you can record your screen for free. So go on there, talk to your screen and, you know, walk through the process, have open those windows that you need and uh, just walk through the process. Okay. This is the contract. This is the title of it. You know, walk them through exactly how to do it. So it's almost stupid proof. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, and I love that the first step defining success, that's so huge because um, very early on, I, I determined like, I don't, I don't want to be, I'm not out there to be a multifamily or just a real estate mogul. Like that's not what I'm after, but there is a certain point for me, it's, I just want to obtain financial, I want to obtain freedom of time and money. So I never have to say, I can't do that because I don't have time or money. That's, yeah. that's my goal. That's my goal. T freedom of time and money. So whatever that looks like to me, if it's a number of doors or if it's a certain number of deals a month, whatever it is, you know, and I've, I, I've got the goals figured out, but you know, whatever that is for you, that's, that's where you should be targeting. If you want to be a Grant Cardone or a, uh, Vinnie Chopra or whatever, like that's fine too. But if, if it's not, then 
then don't, then don't, don't try to get there. Just figure out what you want out of life. And for me, it's about, I would like to live. Um, how do I say that? Usually uh, I want to live, I want to work. I want to work, work in around my life, not work in life around my work. And it's a yep. total, once I kind of started grabbing onto that and making that kind of a, a goal and a mindset of the way I want my life to work is it's shifted how I approach my goals and, and what I focus on each day and, and long-term, short-term both. So, but I just, I want the ability to say, Hey, you know what? Yep. I've got this family thing. I've got four kids. So I'm always trying to be there for them and spend quality time with them. And I never want to be like, no, nah, I got to work. I can't go to that school event uh, because I've got to work. Like, I want to, I want to be able to say I can go there because work can stop or work can keep running because I've got a team. I've got a system. I've got, what did you just call that? Um, uh, standard procedures, standard operating procedures. Got those set, right? So that's what I'm after. And, and, but that may not be what other people are after. And if you want to have 10,000 units, then, then by all means go for that. Like if that's where you want to be, that's, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with either. There's nothing yeah. wrong with your personal goals as long as they're pushing you and they're improving your life, I think. So that's yeah, great. And, and that's super important. And, you know, make no mistake. I mean, I, I want to be you know, a real estate mogul. That's my goal is to become, you know, big and however I see big. You know, yeah. I have, I have my own chip on my shoulder that we can talk about. Um, but like I said earlier, real estate is a long game. I, I don't need to go and turn my business into producing $5 million a year to be happy. I've already defined what ultimate success looks like to me, which you hit it on the head right there is having the time and money to be able to do what you want. And that, that to me is freedom. And it sounds like you have that same you know, goal in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think once you get there, I've talked about this on other episodes where once you get to there where you're, you've got freedom of time and money. Now, any success you achieve after that is good. It's, it's adding value. It's providing jobs. It's solving problems for homeowners or whoever, right? We're st you're still creating immense value. And, but now you have this ability to focus on giving back on, you know, other endeavors that um, impact the world and improve the world, improve the lives of people around you. And so I think that's, I would never say, or you would, you'll never stop. Like don't ever stop even when you achieve that ideal life that you want. Cause there's something else that you can add value with. And there's some other way you can be an impact for good in the world and in the lives of people around you. So, you know, always be striving to, to be, to be the most you can be, I, I guess is how I'll say it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Great advice. Great advice there. Um, so let's, um, Let's talk about, let me review my notes really quick here, but um, let's talk a little bit about what separates, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, and if, it's, if we repeat it, that's fine. So what separates those that succeed in real estate investing or whatever it is their journey is to those from those that don't? Sure. So I think the first one is it's an acronym called CANI. It's constant and never-ending improvement. Now, once you think that you have it all figured out, something's going to change. Like me, I was like, sweet, 
text magic is the way to go. These templates are awesome. I can just load up and then I send it and it's super easy. And then the deliverability took a dump and I could no longer produce the same results that I was getting because something happened with the carriers. They're blocking that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Switch to another one. Okay. That one didn't work. So that's just a small, minute example of, you know, you got to constantly be ready to evolve into something else, which is my, my back project that I'm not talking about right now is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through that. And when I was going through the course with that, he's like constant and never ending improvement. I was like, duh, Alec, once you think you've got it all figured out, it's changed. And now you've got to figure out a whole nother other way to go about it. So I, I think that's the first one. The second one is knowing your numbers. Um, what we call key performance indicators or KPIs, um, that's gonna be very important because that's gonna give you a pulse of what you have on your business. Um, and that was something I was really bad about and I'm still not the greatest about it, but um, the, the guy that built out the podio that I use, uh, Rafael Cortez, uh, Pulse Podio, for those of you that are wondering, it's, it's amazing. Um, he just created a new, uh, KPI tracker. So I'll be getting that this evening. That makes it really easy to go through my podio and just update the numbers every week. Um, so they, they know their numbers and they review them often because then you're going to figure out what's working and what's not. What do we need to do to either get this one to work or should we cut it out? And a lot of people, once they start seeing that something isn't working, they, they're still in that short-sighted mentality that they're like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to pivot right away. And I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Um, but you, with, with certain things, you have to give them time to season. You can't just expect that you're going to throw, you know, the plate of chicken on the, the burner and it's going to be done in one minute. You got to let it cook. You got to let it simmer uh, so that it produce, produces that result that you want. Um, I think the third is what we talked about earlier is persistence. You know, they have a strong enough why of, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And even though that this challenge is really hard and I don't know how to handle it, I'm going to push through and I'm going to figure it out. Um, you know, cause if you, if you quit too early, you lose out on reaping the, the massive benefits that real estate investing can give you. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So give us, I think that's awesome advice. Give us an example of a KPI that you're tracking or that you're paying attention to. Just, I'm just curious. What, what, what's a KPI that you're kind of paying attention to right now? So that would be like for us, it's number of calls to a lead, number of leads to a prospect, and number of prospects to a deal. And then we track the sales cycle of all of that. Yeah. Perfect. So, so this is a KPI for somebody in the call center or, or they're texting or whatever. Right. Well, the, the texting is all automated, right? That's all computer, but you've got people on the phones mostly. So with the, with the texting, we actually do have to manually do that to be compliant. You have to click mm-hmm. to send everything. So we yeah. click everything and then we respond to everything manually. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're tracking all those numbers. With yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You've got to, best yeah i think um the last thing that separates you know those that succeed and those that don't in real estate investing is um, a coaching like we talked about earlier finding somebody that's more successful than you that you want to work towards a 
lifestyle similar to what they have. Not exactly, but similar to what they have. And also masterminds. I think masterminds are uh, a tremendous value. Uh, it's, it's kind of like group coaching, but it's really not. Basically, you're bringing a bunch of people together, doing similar things, and sharing your ideas. And I, I actually host a mastermind here in Arizona uh, with 10 or 15 people, um, and, and that's helped me a lot because I get to share some of the cool things that I know about, and then they bring ideas to me, and I'm like, wow, I want to try that. Or, yeah. eh, I don't know if that's going to work for me. That's huge. Yeah, so... So I guess some people call me like some people call these meetups. Some people call them masterminds. Um, I guess a meetup is more of an open. Anybody can come, but a mastermind is it more kind of a group that's closed up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's very selective. Typically yeah. um, some of them have you know a fee to enter for ours. I didn't really want to, which I definitely could have because I could have made a ton of money doing it, but yeah. I, I wanted to create, culture and a circle of friends that I could call on at any time and be like, Hey man, I'm having problems with this. Can you help me out? And, uh, and so it's pretty cool, but yeah, it's, it's very selective. We don't just let, you know, anybody into the group. Uh, but you know, if you're doing deals and you align with us, you might, you might be welcomed in. Yeah. So somebody that, so that's great advice. And if somebody wants to start a mastermind, um, do they kind of go to the people that they already know and ask them if they want to be into it? Are you throwing it out on social media asking for, you know, applicants or whatever? Like how, how would somebody go about starting a mastermind? You could do either. For me, I already kind of knew these people, just not on a very deep level. Some of them, some of them I did, some of them I really didn't. But I hand selected everybody that's in there that has a different strength within their business. Say one does direct mail, one does fully virtual, one um, does creative finance and wholesaling. One does, um, you know, astro flipping or, you know, they, they wholesale off the MLS and, you know, JV other deals. So I, I hand selected people based off of different strengths that they have within their business, um, which I think is the, the, in my eyes and it, maybe other people see it differently. The, the best way to do it, because if you bring everyone together and they all have the exact same business model, what value are you bringing to the table? You're all just going to share, cool, my KPIs this week are this and mine are this. Okay, well, what else do we have to talk about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, you could put it on social. For me, I wanted to keep it very small. You know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of like a tight-knit circle. Yeah. So you were, more, you were more sending direct invites to people that you felt had – the right skill or the missing skill so far in the group, right? What could be added to the group and, and that amalgamation of everybody having different skills brings everybody up. Everybody's yep. skills increase. That's, that's awesome. It's not a piece of advice that I've heard too much from others. Um, so I think you're, and I think, but I think you're onto something there. I, I think that's super big. I mean, I've always thought of like the meetups, but you know, sometimes the meetups aren't as, as laser focused as this can be with getting the right people in the group to help you out and, to, and people that you can help and then people that can help you out. I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I, I go to a bunch of meetups and everything. Um, but well, when it was pre COVID, but yeah, um, yeah right. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was more so just seeing people that I don't see on a daily basis because we're all busy with our businesses. These yeah. it's like, okay, we get together once a week 
for an hour or two and we dive into what's working, what's not, where do we need help? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. That is a great answer to that question. Um, let's go into, uh, so what is your favorite business book or the book, the business book, self-help book, whatever that has been the most impactful for you? I couldn't just choose one. So I have three that I, I really like. <laughs> um, the, the first one is rocket fuel. And uh, this talks about separating the integrator versus the visionary roles. Visionary, they basically steer the ship. The integrator, they make things happen behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, so talking about how to effectively work with your integrator with your visionary. And it doesn't always have to be partners. It could like for me, I'm a visionary very, very strong visionary based on all of the personal assessments I've taken. Um, I can do integrator work, but it drives me nuts. And I get really unfocused. So as soon as I'm ready to bring on that role, I will be hiring an integrator to, yeah. to come in and do these small tedious tasks that I don't want to do. Um, second one I would say is profit first. And the third one is the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah. Awesome. I love, I love those. Um, I have not read rocket fuel, but I'll put it on my list here. Uh, profit first is great. Anybody starting any kind of a business or even if you've got a business running, this is a, that's a good book to uh, sharpen your financials for sure. It makes so much sense. seems like we've been running business financials so wrong for so such a long time. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, that's so a great book and compound effect. Love that. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of forgot to say this earlier when you were asking me about someone just getting started in their journey. And this is kind of somebody that, you know, let's just say they, they have the funds to get the business started and they're just dipping their feet in. They've, they've kind of learned about it, but they don't know a lot. I would say the, the, the seven pieces of advice that I have for you is pay, pay yourself first, which coincides with profit first. Uh, because if, if you're not paying yourself, you're not living the life that you want to live why are you waking up and doing it the same day yeah. every day? That's a mistake yeah. that I did for a long, long time. I didn't pay myself at all. And I was like, all right, well, I'm living off my savings and this is, this sucks. Um, second thing, which we talked about again is, is getting coached. Uh, third, spend lean. And, and it, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep. So spend very lean, which also coincides with profit first stay focused, persist, invest in yourself and in your business. And number seven, work your ass off. I think that would be the, the seven pieces of advice that I would give you for getting started in real estate. Okay. We better, so let's, let's review those. So tell us again, pay yourself first, right? Get coached. Get spend coached. Lean. And then and the after next that, one? spend lean stay focused, persist, invest in yourself and in your business, and then work your ass off. Perfect. Love that, man. That's gold. That is, that is very sound advice for somebody that's trying to, to just starting to get in. And it doesn't even matter whether it's real estate or anything, you want to be pro NBA basketball player, like that's fine. Those things, uh, those things will work too. Um, yeah. Good. So, outside of real estate, wholesaling, building businesses, 
um, chasing down a, the real estate mogul goal. What, what else do you like to do, man? What keeps you, what are you passionate about? Um, I would say anything to do with self-improvement. That's, I mean, I've spent more than what I used to make in a year on personal development in the last year. Um, I, I really enjoy that, whether it's reading, getting coached, you know, watching videos, listening to personal development audios, taking courses. Um, after that, I really enjoy hanging out with my dog, playing with him or taking him for walks, hanging out with my friends and family. Yeah. Uh, golfing, shooting guns. That's, uh, I would say those are two of my hobbies. Um, or, you know, anything that, that I can do outside or go on the water. I'm, I'm from Minnesota, so naturally... I grew up on the lake and yeah. came out of the womb with water skis on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Perfect. Um, and so now that we've kind of went through this whole journey, we've, we've once went through this process here. Now let's kind of wrap it all up or at least kind of put a cap on it here. What is your why? Like what's your why? What is all this stuff that we just talked about? What's it all for, man? Sure. So I've got two. I've got, I've got short-term wise and I've got long-term wise. For short-term, I, like we talked about earlier, I want to create a life of freedom where you know, I don't have to worry about finances. And I don't have to worry about taking time off of work to go and do something. I want to be able to drop off a hat if I need to, fly back to wherever I want to go to, and just not worry about work. Um, and also just become the best version of myself because success is not a destination. It's a, it's a, it's a journey of becoming. And, and that's how I look at it. You know, you can become uber successful financially, but if the rest of your life is a mess, your life is actually a mess. You're just rich. So yeah. I would say that for, for my short term, um, and for my long term, uh, I plan to have a family wife and kids one day. And, um, based on my, my growing up, uh, it wasn't the easiest. Um, so I want to, I want to set my, my future family up, uh, for success so I can be present in their lives and, you know, give them experiences that, you know, we can all make memories doing together, um, and, and work because I want to, not just because I have to. Yeah. And, uh, for, for my other long-term why it's, you know, I have, very difficult childhood, which we, we didn't get into. I'm, I'm actually on another podcast to, to talk about that. So I hope you listen to that one too. But uh, I, I want to be an inspiration to others showing that you can come from, you know, nothing or a troublesome past or difficult growing up and, and become anything you want to by believing, persisting, and just going for it. Yeah. Just betting on yourself more than anybody else. Um, and, and, and I want to be able to impact other people's lives by, by showing them how to do that through mentorship and through my services, but also giving back. I have a, a nonprofit I've been silently working on for a long time since my mom passed. And it's going to be you know, benefiting underprivileged children, families, and families of cancer patients and single mothers. So yeah. I'm excited to launch that. It's just got to take care of uh, the nest egg right now. That's perfect, man. Wow. That's, you've got that nailed down. That's not many people can go into that good of detail on their why, especially short-term and long-term. That's awesome, man. You're, you've got the right mindset to go a long ways, man. That's really cool. Um, and, and when you send me the, 
send me the details or a link to the other podcast where you talk about your story. I think I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and we'll direct some, our listeners there too, to hear the, some of the background for you. That'd be, that'd be awesome. great for them, I think. So yeah, awesome. send that over. Um, so, and, and I love that. So you kind of already maybe hinted to it, but the next question I like to ask, because I'm always looking for ideas of how to give back and how to make an impact on the world. What is a way that you currently give back? It sounds like you've got some cool plans coming, but, and maybe that's your focus, but anything else outside of that? Sure. So, um, I, I, you know, have enough experience that I can help other people in this industry, you know, whether it's just getting started or, you know, growing their business in some way, shape or form. Um, so I, I like to help people, you know, with their business and getting started. Um, that, that's one way or another is just inspiring others to, to, to go after what they really want in life versus just living in this nine to five rat race that a lot of people get stuck in. So maybe sometimes it's me forcing something down their throat, but at least I'm kind of giving them some sort of inspiration. You know, I sometimes help my sister. She's like, hey, um, you know, work was tough today. I'm like, well, here's five ideas how you could just quit your job and do something else. <laughs> she doesn't always uh, love that too much, but I like to like to give advice, even if, yeah. if it's sometimes unwanted. Yeah, that's huge, man. I think that's a big goal of of this project, the podcast here, and and, and everything that I do is is changing the way people think about life and the work life relationship, um, and how they. I thoroughly believe that you can live the life that you design and you can design any life that you want. Um, exactly. But you are going to have to get intentional about how you spend each day and how you spend your time and, and what you're focused on. Um, Cause if you're not, you're just going to drift and you're going to get beat, beat up and down by your job and other things that happen in life. And, but by getting intentional uh, following your example of, of nailing down your why and what you want to accomplish in life, like, that's that's a huge that that puts you out that separates you from most of the people out there just getting yeah. intentional about where you want to do and what kind of life you want to have and you know and that's why I, I cringe sometimes when I'm like hey yeah let's you know let's go fishing or whatever to somebody and they're like well yeah I can't because of this I either can't afford it or I don't have time and I'm like okay well if you're passionate about this and you can't afford it or don't have time let's figure out a way to change that because there's no reason for you to live your life not doing the things you are passionate about and you value the most. And again, maybe right. it's fishing, but maybe it's maybe it's helping uh, third world countries. I met a kid on the flight to Alaska a couple of years ago. He's like 20 something, probably yeah, about like your age, but 25-ish. And he has, he, all he does, all he does is a nonprofit bringing water to civilization or uh, towns in Ghana. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're 25 and that's what you're focused on? He's like, yeah. You know, I get enough donations. I get enough funding that I can take, I can, I can pay myself, you know, and I can live on that and we can make a huge impact for the world. I'm like, that's awesome. This kid got intentional, knew what he wanted and he lives the life that he designed. And so yeah. I, I really feel like that's, that's a mission or that's a, something I want to accomplish or just be a part of is helping shifts, shift people's mindsets around life yeah and kind of piggybacking off of that i mean the one of the biggest things that i see with people that just are living in this rat race is or 
they're not living the life that they want is 97% of the population does not have written goals with expiration dates on them. So, I mean, to, to really achieve your goals, I mean, first write them down, like have specific measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based goals, smart goals as they're called. And, revisit those often, like every day. And, and that's something that I do, you know, during my visualizations is for my quarterly goal, I literally meditate on that for 10, sometimes 20 minutes a day and, and just visualizing what I'm going to feel and how my life is going to be different when I achieve that goal. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's one way is, you know, meditations and, and visualizing it, but also having your goals and attaching meaning to them. And that's something that Tony Robbins talks about is, uh, you know, you can have goals and all that happy jazz with the smart goals, but if you are not attaching meaning to what your life is going to be or how your life is going to be different and why that goal means something to you, you're not going to achieve it because again, going back to the, the persistence thing, your feelings are going to stop you from taking the actions necessary. You're going to self-sabotage and you're not going to, not going to attain them. Exactly. No, that's huge. And, and I think, I think that's one of the shifting mindset and shifting the way people think about goals in life. I think it's one of the things that could have one of the greatest impacts on people on the population of the world. If we can just, if people will just learn how to set goals, be intentional about life and make decisions according to that, those intentions and those goals, it would change, it would change the planet. Honestly, I think it's a, it's a, it sounds super simple, but I think it has an unmeasurable impact. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. We're not, we're not wired like that, right? We're wired to, you know, we, we, we feel like we're, you know, at 40%, whatever it is, the 40% rule, right? We start to, you know, hedge our bets and pull back at 40%. We think we're really maxing it out and we're not even close. You know, our minds are geared to help us or steer us away from discomfort and pain and challenge and, resistance right we're just geared to take it easy and to to take the path of least resistance so to do that you literally have to re rewire your brain again your mindset and rewire your human you know how you're wired as a as a person in order to to get there and that's why it's that's why it's difficult and and yeah. it, and and it's, and it's something that you have to continue to nurture it's an ongoing process because you can fall out of that. You can, your brain will always try and find back, go back to where it was. If you're not, if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's with personal development. You can't, you can't just do it for a year and then stop. It's, it's always a continual process of becoming and, you know, continually living with daily discipline and, and pushing yourself to that next level. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, this has been off. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I really, I really got a lot out of, I've got uh, some cool goals and some good ideas I've, I've jotted down here, but um, awesome. so if people, it sounds like you've got some cool things coming down the pipe and, and people may want to reach out to you to learn about those. How can they find you? Where do they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Sure. So I, I think the best way is going to be my, my Instagram. It's Alec, A-L-E-C underscore Lebec, L-E-B-E-C-K. Um, send me a message there. Follow me. Um, please be patient. If you do message me, if, if I'm not following you, sometimes it goes into, um, you know, the requests. So yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. always check those. So be yeah. patient you know, and, and I'll 
get to you. Um, but yeah, I, I think Instagram would be the best way to, to get in contact with me. Um, I'm, I'm on it quite a bit, but lately I've been deleting the app during the day so that I can stay focused because I'm, I'm such an Instagram addict that it's a problem. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's so funny because I, in my, when we were talking earlier, I'm like, Hey, is this, I can't remember. I'm like, is this the guy that told me that he deletes the Instagram app during the day? And it is. Huh? So tell us in our, in wrapping up here and I'll be, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes, but our closing little tidbit here will be, tell us more about in, deleting the Instagram app uh, for the day. So I, uh, I took this course called insane productivity by Darren Hardy. And he talks about how all this overstimulation causes us to be so unfocused because we can never focus on one thing. And we trap ourselves by having these apps on our phones that are intentionally distracting us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. So I deleted all of them from my phone through the day. And I don't always do it, but when I start noticing that I'm in this pattern where I'm like, I'll be, I'll be on my computer and I'm like working and I'm in flow and then I get bored or I get distracted and I fall out of that flow and I go to my phone and the first thing I do is tap the Instagram app or tap Safari and it takes me right to Facebook. And so for, for me, it was just how do I booby trap my life so that I stay more focused? And I did the same thing with my morning routine, everything in there. I don't even know how to run my morning routine. It's my alarms walk me through it. As soon as I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, I have five minutes gratitude. And then I have five minutes to brush my teeth and drink water. And then, you know, uh, I think I, I journal after that and then I do my must crush list. I work out. So I have this whole series that I walk through in the morning from 4.30 in the morning till 6.30 that sets me up for my morning priming for the rest of the day. So I, I, I'm constantly thinking of ways that I can booby trap my life. And one is setting the alarms in the morning and actually throughout the rest of my day uh, and, and B, logging out of Facebook and deleting all of my social media apps during the day so I don't have the temptation to go in there and look. Dude, you just blew my mind. That's so that's, that's that's so cool. So so let me get this right. You and now we're gonna be like another ten minutes here, but right. I think it's awesome. I think this is super valuable. So you use, you've got your morning routine. You mapped it out, which is so funny because on my whiteboard right here, I'm I'm kind of redoing my morning routine. Um, uh, and and so what you you if you let's just say you're you're meditating. So you your alarm goes off at whatever time, four o'clock. You've got five yep. minutes to. What was the first thing? So for the first five minutes, I, and I've been kind of bad about this lately because I'm, I'm still readjusting to getting up this early. Um, the first couple of weeks I was on fire. I was like, all right, let's do this. is awesome. I've been falling asleep for those five minutes lately. But my first five minutes, I'm, I'm supposed to talk to myself about the things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I woke up today and that I'm on the other side of the dirt. I'm grateful for my house and, you know, having a, a comfortable bed to sleep in. I'm, I'm thankful for the food in my fridge and my dog and you know my family and just thinking of, of gratitudes and something that I try and consciously do as much as possible is not think of things that I can buy for my gratitudes because cool, money's a tool. But I, I, I'm constantly trying to think of what am I grateful for that money can't buy? 
the air that we breathe. You know, my dog, because I can't go and rebuy another Bentley, and I could the car, but not my dog. I can't replace him. So I'm trying to think of irreplaceable things that money can't buy. From there, I, I, I get out of bed. I have five minutes to drink a, a glass or a bottle of water and brush my teeth, take my vitamins. And then I have 10 minutes to go and journal. And then I journal about my thoughts from yesterday, my plans for today, and like things that you know I'm, I'm either worried about or excited about. And then I journal about those things that I'm, I'm grateful for. And then I have this uh, phrase that I say, I'm so with goals or when you, when you're affirming like a goal into your life, if you are doing what some of the gurus teach you where you're saying, I am already in possession of whatever that thing is, your brain is telling you you're a liar. So your subconscious mind is telling you that you're a liar. But if you phrase it as I'm in the, I'm in the process of, X and everything I do creates a perfect end result. That's a Tom Ferry thing. He's a real estate coach. Um, then your brain is constantly thinking that I'm in the process of doing that and everything that I'm doing is creating that perfect end result. So I have that. And then um, I work with a couple of mindset coaches, Julian Rosen and John Marone, and they have this thing called a must crush list. Basically it walks you through your five or six equities of life and what your one goal is in that area. And then at the end of the day, you, you go through it. Did you complete that? Um, and then what do I do after that? I work out. So since the gyms are all closed in Arizona, I've been doing a lot of yoga. So just go on YouTube and watch the 20 minute yoga flow and do that. I mean, I'm like a walking piece of live work. So um, I, I don't like running because I'm so inflexible that it hurts. So I, I've been trying to get more flexible. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. And then I walk my dog after that, and shower, get ready for work, meditate, and then make breakfast. So I have, I have alarms that just go off throughout the whole morning. And it you know, sometimes gets a little redundant, but it's the only way that I can booby trap my life. Yeah. It's, it's consistent persistency, right? Perfect. So, and so, yeah, you, so each step of that morning routine, which by the way, that's a phenomenal morning routine. I, that's so cool. We could probably do a whole nother episode. Just on, <laughs> well, just on morning routines. And it sounds like you've studied it out a lot and you've, you've got some really good um, theory or not theory, but some good um, processes in place and, and, and the reason you're doing that. So that's awesome. And you understand it. But um, so for each step of that, you're telling me that your phone is going off and and sit, triggering the next step of the process, right? For the first, whatever it is, three, four hours of the day. Yeah. Right? So I have, I'll, I'll show you on here. So they're all, it's all labeled with the times. Yeah. So I just go through that. And then throughout the rest of my day, I found myself to get very distracted. So I did that for the rest of my day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. That's so good. And, and so that's awesome. And then, and that where we started on that was deleting the Instagram app. And, and I totally believe that, I mean, I'm the guy that's got like 400 tabs open. I bounce back and forth from different tasks. Cause I mean, I'm selling solar, but I'm also buying real estate. I've got this podcast, I've got websites being built. Like I've got so much going on, but I know if I just, all right, these two hours are this, and this hour is this, if I just got focused, and didn't let anything else distract me. I know I would be way more effective in my day. So that's huge. And we, and our phones, like you said, 
uh, money follows attention. So they're the people that run the phones and Facebook and Instagram and all the ads and, and whatever, they're trying to get our attention. And that's why those, those notifications are always blowing up. So turning those things off or deleting the app, if that's what it takes, that will make your day flow so much smoother. And I don't, I'm not like a guy that says Instagram is bad and you shouldn't have it and you shouldn't, because I think there's a, it's, it's a phenomenal tool. Like this is how we connected. I'm connecting with awesome people that are bringing great value into my life. Hopefully I'm returning some value to these people. We couldn't do that without Instagram. I mean, what were we going to do? Send a mail letter, mass mail through the Pony Express. Like how, how would you ever, Hey, I'm looking for, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a real estate guy that, that, um, that will be on my podcast or whatever they would have called it. Here's a stack of envelopes in the Pony Express and he runs around the countryside, <laughs> dropping them in the mailbox. It's like, how would we've ever done that? And so I think Instagram, social media in general is a phenomenal blessing. It can be a curse if you don't use it right, but I think it's a phenomenal tool. And, uh, and, but you've got to make, you've got to manage it and not let it run your life for sure. Yeah. Used without discipline and, you know, left to our own devices, you're, you're going to get sucked into it all day. Yeah. So that's why, again, movie trapped my life. Yeah. If it's not there, it's not there. I'll, 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 Redownload it at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. or whenever I decide to stop working. Yeah. yeah. So you can read my messages that I send you, right? Yes. So, <laughs> dude, that's so awesome. That's such a great, um, that's a great piece of advice to end on. I, I really appreciate you jumping on. I'll make sure a lot of this is in the content. I want to grab, I'll email you and we'll get some of the names of those people that, uh, about their morning routines and some of those people that you've mentioned. I want to put those in there so people want to do more research. They definitely can. Um, yeah. But, Man, it's been super awesome, super great conversation. We've been going almost an hour and a half now, so that's so cool. But uh, we will we'll get this out there. And uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you like the show, obviously, reach out to Alec. Uh, post in the comments how you feel about it. Give us a raving review and, and, and keep uh, stay tuned for more great content. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Money Maven Project Podcast. A true maven shares knowledge with others. So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.